This episode sponsored by Nuso. Nuso delivers complex cloud communications solutions in real time through their authorized partner community, a full stack provider delivering reliable UCAS, CPAS, numbering management, SMS, MMS messaging, and a host of carrier services through their natively built network. Others compete with the channel. Nuso believes allying with the industry creates the best outcomes. Learn more about Nuso at www.nuso.cloud. You're entering the MSP Zone, a podcast for the managed services community, covering news, analysis, and interviews from around the globe. Elevate your MSP game by staying in the MSP Zone. And now, your host, Charles Weaver. Welcome to the MSP Zone. Your source for information, analysis, news, conversation in general about the global managed services profession. And we'd like to dive into topics, talk to people, hear perspectives, discuss uh, things that matter to you in the managed services professional community because there aren't that many places where you can get just very candid uh, dialogue and debate and uh, just material. Uh, And so that's what we do. We've been doing it for 22 years. And uh, today is uh, no exception. Um, We're we're very privileged to have with us uh, joining remotely a guest uh, from a company that uh, does a lot of great work in the cloud computing sector. We're going to be learning uh, a little bit about their company shortly um, and talking about the kind of the post-pandemic cloud situation uh, as it stands for MSPs. And um, uh, so we're in for a very exciting uh, discussion today, and I'm very privileged to have uh, joining with us from Vulture, uh, Shane Zide, the Vice President of Global Sales and and Channel. So Shane, welcome to the MSP Zone. Uh, Thank you, Charles. I definitely appreciate the the opportunity to have a great uh, conversation with you and then uh, have a greater community of listeners uh, learn what we're up to and and, uh, enjoy this. Absolutely. So, so for the first order of business, the name, this is the most awesome name vulture is, but it's not spelled vulture. It's, it's V U L T R. That's right. How'd you guys come up with it? And that's gotta be a story. Yeah. You know, it's, um, yeah, we, we get a lot of things all the time, by the way, vulture, it's almost like a a 1980s, uh, you know, cartoon of that came together and and I think, but it it is after the kind of, uh, we we consider it to be the warrior predator bird, uh, that sometimes gets a, uh, a a bad connotation of kind of being something that kind of attacks people in the desert when they don't have enough water and have passed out. But, uh, you know, for, for us, we were really a combination of a bunch of managed services businesses that kind of came together under kind of one main brand now um, that is, uh, you know, serving up global cloud computing globally now for our clients and partners. Uh, but but it is the bird. And uh, that's uh, the most common question I think we get usually when we first meet someone. It, yeah. I mean, it's memorable. So from a marketing standpoint, it's it, it does its job really well. But um, yeah. all right. So, so we're going to get into what what you guys do. But I, I mean, I know you guys are in the cloud space, but I just want to give some orientation to the listeners because we've we've talked about cloud for a long time. Like I remember 2009, 2010. So like post or or mid, you know, global financial crisis. Right, there was a massive shift to to public cloud, and there was all the 
we have to move to the cloud. Cloud is going to save us money. It's going to be easier, more secure, better, faster, more reliable. Everything was like pro cloud. And then there was a, oh, this wasn't anything like what we thought. It's not necessarily yeah. more expensive, it, less expensive. It could actually be more expensive. It could be not quite as secure. It could have less desirable things. What did we miss? I mean, did we miss anything from that time to to where we are today? Uh, I think we did. You know, I, I think that when I look back ten years ago, it was pretty much like, hey, like a, a, like a big shining light came down from heaven, and it was like, you don't need to run hardware anymore, and you need to get rid of this entire business you've monetized for so many years, and cloud is the only way to go. And I think what we missed in that model is that it's just another tool in the tool belt for uh, both clients, partners. Um, you know, like you should never, there are partners today that are born in the cloud that have done nothing but hyperscale cloud, for example. And then there's ones who are still, you know, trying to figure out their way in to how to monetize that with existing clients. Um, and so, you know, I think that, you know, AES, just because it's, you know, uh, there are certain use cases that are meant to stay on-prem. And then there are certain use cases where it could be a blend of, of cloud infrastructure in the cloud. Uh, and it all depends really on the the client's you know use case and need. Um, so for us, we're we're not really trying to even though we're a cloud infrastructure company completely, we're not trying to encourage everybody to kind of you know shutter their colo cages and and stop buying infrastructure. Yeah. So, so so you guys aren't going out there saying all right, ditch AWS, get out of IBM SoftLayer. You're not saying ditch Azure. You're you're saying. I mean, is, are, do you have a multi-cloud approach? I mean, is that more appropriate to what you guys are? A hundred percent, right? And, and the way to think about it is now with our kind of burgeoning alternative medium-sized cloud provider space, it's really saying like, hey, place your bets on one of the big three. But then if you're looking for cost reductions and efficiencies and in other locations where maybe a big three provider isn't today, having one of, uh, and there's probably only three or four of us in the in the market today, is a great combination to have because then there's some use cases that are, you know, probably meant more, it's the crown jewels of the business. If you feel more comfortable keeping that in a big three provider, go for it. But all these other use cases that are out there that you could get 30, 40, 50% cost savings on have that be in one of the medium alternative providers. All right. So, so just maybe for the the younger MSPs, less mature MSPs, if you, if you want to put it that way, let's just run down the list of. I mean, everybody knows what the big three brings, right? There's the old adage: no one ever got fired for for hiring IBM, right? And, and there there's some merit to that, but there there is also the undeniable. There's some security issues. There's some, uh, you know, proximity to the data center and the latency of applications running. There, there's a whole host of things. What what are some of the top items that come to your mind when you're saying like, this is why you you don't just want all your eggs in the big three basket? Sure. I mean, uh, you know, it's still it's crazy to think in 2022, there's still people who are building out applications in like one availability zone. And uh, w- which is ironic because, you know, when you think about a lot of MSPs, when they were designing on-prem solutions, there was always like a hot, hot scenario or a production in DR. So you were already doing it from an on-prem perspective, but then people aren't transferring that same thought process to the kind of cloud infrastructure world. 
uh, that, that's out there. And so I think that that's the number one thing to realize that, you know, um, the only difference in the cloud infrastructure world is that you're not seeing the flashing lights anymore in your hardware stack and your colo cage or wherever it is. So that same thought process of how you physically touched that infrastructure is the same for what you logically do in the user interface of these, you know, cloud providers, including us uh, there. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, so that so so there's a lot of business case situations where you probably don't want to be just standardized and solely invested only in the big three. There there are probably even for the smaller MSPs uh, as well, um, maybe legacy ones who who very much were used to pre 2009 co-location relationships. Right, the local yeah. data center was very valuable to them. Um, you guys don't necessarily see that going away. Do you? I mean, that that that's kind of whole your whole premise. It seems like no, I, I, absolutely. And so, what we what we try and do in our space, if we're just talking about kind of the alternative cloud provider space, is that you know it used to be that you know a MSP had a tough choice, which was that hey, you know, um, on the cloud resale and the big three programs, they are very low in terms of, of margin opportunity. So you almost gonna, are going to take a zero to two points of profit on the resale to then get into what you really are great at, which is your IP branded services, your 85 to 90 point margin, things that you that really drive your business. And so, you know, what we're saying to the MSPs out there is, is that, hey, there's a world now where you can make 15 to 20 points on the infrastructure resell and do your, you know, high value added services for end clients. And that isn't really known out there today because it's either you kind of dive into a lot of up, upfront investments in these larger cloud programs uh, to then eventually turn dollar one a profit, um, you can actually have both. All right, so we're, we're going to talk about the infrastructure upfront cost and supply chain because that that's that's I think really uh, on the minds of a lot of MSPs. But but your your point is MSPs don't go to Azure, AWS, or, or Google, or or any of the, the larger public cloud providers with a goal towards reset. Resale is not what I'm saying and not what you're saying, but with a mind towards making margin, they're just looking at that as a cost center for whatever the activity they want to do. Did I get that right so far? 100% correct. Right. Yeah. What what Vulture is doing and and what I think what what I'm hearing you say is that's not the only way. Like you could actually start to make some margin, make some points on the infrastructure where before you haven't been able to that shouldn't be off the table anymore. Absolutely. And, you know, when I think about today, I was talking to a partner the other day, an MSP who had to spend upwards, I think about $100,000 for a very large, well-known cloud provider, uh, three letters, and had to spend that out of pocket before he ever got. Now that what that out of pocket is, is uh, training certifications and tech for your sales and marketing people. There is the marketing programs that you have to buy into for investment. So he had to do all of that before he ever made dollar one a profit. And we're saying is like from day one, we're going to treat you like your premier. Um, and then have you make some money first get excited about that, reinvest that at that point, however you want to in your own shop. And then there's a path to profitability, which really hasn't been there uh, historically within the space. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I tend to think that you know, listening back to all of my, remembering back to my conversations over the last 10 plus years, you know, the cloud 
set, started first with backup, right? I mean, that was the prototypical, every MSP was having that type of conversation. Now I think it's evolved well beyond that. But let's, let's get back to the cost, right? You raised cost just then. Um, for the non-public big three, let's call them, if MSPs are looking at getting into private or hybrid cloud, what, what I would consider private or hybrid cloud, where they're, where they're having some measure of control over the facility or not the facility, but at least the infrastructure and, and the, you know, they know the server, they, 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 they have, it's not just a cluster in a, in a larger vague cloud. There's a significant cost to getting into that. You guys at Vulture don't necessarily buy into that model. Explain that. And, and I think the, the biggest thing comes like, do you or do you not monetize bandwidth? And so a lot of the um, more expensive kind of larger clouds, like 25, 30, 40% of their bill is transit uh, cost to that point. Whereas within our space, we're packaging up bandwidth within the subscription plan, which is a different model. Now, yes, could there be overages if you kind of blow through that? But what most of our clients and partners do is, is spread out their load across multiple VMs so that they're not getting hit with that transit cost uh, at that point. And so that also helps, you know, corporate and individual developers not have to make sacrifices uh, when they're building their thing or IT service or whatever it might be, because they're always thinking in the back of their mind, oh, wow, this is that loneliest walk down the hallway when I got to explain the finance when it's 35, 40 percent more than I budgeted. Uh, we think that's an opportunity for freedom among both partners and clients. So, OK, so so bandwidth, that's a great option. Um you know, you, you brought up a you know a hard infrastructure cost of, of the of the hardware uh, certifications, training, all that other stuff that goes with it. it, it that how, how do you guys view the hardware element of of getting into p- private cloud? Yeah, you know, well, we have really kind of two point of entries. I would say is that the first one is to, is the raw cloud compute side, and that is just us buying. Ironically, probably the same reference architecture that the MSPs are buying today and that they're certified on, we're just buying at a very large scale at that point. So you kind of know what's under the sheets at that point. There's no mystery. And then the other side is uh, we're one of the largest acquirers of bare metal now. So uh, bare metal is something that is very fascinating when you want kind of the speeds and feeds, but a single tenant type of stance that most clients are looking for at the moment, but then they can't find it at the moment. So um, that is one thing we've done where in under 90 seconds, you can spin up a bare metal, large, medium, small, uh, and kind of go after it. Uh, and that might be kind of a, a step A in the process for MSPs uh, to get started because they know that of what it looks and feels and how it's built. Well, I mean, yeah. that that's kind of a good segue to my next question, which is the I think it's pandemic. I, th- I think there's other issues at play, but there's there's undeniably supply chain problems impacting the MSPs and their downstream customers. Um, it, it you know, printers, servers, desktops. I, I, I think it's it's across the board. This has got to be resonating within your within your business model, where MSPs who don't want to can't have their customers hamstrung with supply chain delays that that's got to be playing right into your, to your, your core strength. I would think. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, when you think like if um, you know, a Dell or a, a, you know, Sun micro and various, you name your, your, your slice of HP infrastructure says to an incline or an MSP, Hey, it'll be nine months to wait for that 
traditional server or a bare metal, then the end client doesn't really care at that process what they're hearing from their trusted advisor of all these years. They just need their resources. And so that has driven a lot. I mean, I would think if you look at, I believe AWS came out last week with their earnings report and the cloud was, was massive for them. I think what's driving a lot of that is just simply supply chain shortage. If, you know, we're being told it's, you know, 90 days to wait for something, you can only imagine someone who's buying, a, hey, I need six of those. They're like, hey, I'll see you in the fourth quarter. Um, so for, for us, we think that that's an opportunity of growth. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I completely get that. It, m- it makes a lot of sense. I mean, we, we talked, you know, since March 2020, uh, we've talked to a lot of MSPs and, and the the need to do things in what I would call, I hope, a post-pandemic world, right, is, is move to the cloud is on everybody's mind. It's not a question of when or, or if, it's, it's when. And uh how has the pandemic impacted you guys at Vulture and, and your and your partners? Um, well, what's fascinating is, um, you know, we soft launched, quote unquote, our partner program back in April of 2021. And today I think we're over. Today was the official launch, which is really cool. But uh, we had signed up about 500 partners, which the majority of them were MSPs. And so in like we get this lead form and they, they come in daily. They're like, this is why I want to be a partner. But usually in the comments section, it's like, hey, I've been doing uh, hybrid you know, infrastructure for all these years and I haven't been able to capture the profit opportunity I did in other programs. And uh, I need bare metal for my clients. And these, you know, so we're seeing on a daily basis kind of the, the kind of the reasons why. Uh, you know, post-pandemic and COVID have kind of accelerated. People who knew they needed to do this probably five years ago really have to do it today for a variety of reasons to keep in clients, to get them the resources they need. And so it has really fueled and accelerated um, uh, to a greater extent of like what our revenue plans were uh, pre-pandemic. It's a bit of lift to all of us within the industry. So, I mean, again, just just to be clear, I mean, we're we're not – I don't hear from you. I certainly don't believe this. It's, this is not an anti-big three. This is not an anti-public cloud. This is a, that's an incomplete picture. That's all you're talking about. And it sounds like some of the some of the comments from your channel are, are customization issues. Like they, that's what they're not getting and they need that for, for specific use cases. Is that? Absolutely. And like, like I said, we, you know, we wouldn't be sitting in here even having this conversation today if it wasn't for kind of what the big three did to really kind of, uh, you know, coin this, this, this industry and kind of make it what it was. But I think there's now this rationalization 10 plus years after or more that there has to be this thing like your secondary choice doesn't have to be the second within the big three. It can be uh, two providers that are giving you global scale and uh, price reduction and a variety of things. And and you're better, I think, as an MSP for, you know, like, you know, you don't have to be all Vulture as a, as a, as a, as a your only sole cloud infrastructure partner. Having a big three provider and one of us is you're just armed with the minute that client tells you the use case, you're like, I got something for you right there. That excites us. Yeah, right, right tools for the right job. I, I get it. What What's your geographic footprint? Are you guys domestic, U.S.? Uh, all over the globe. So we're 22 locations today. Um, I would say that traditionally we have always had more revenue outside of North America. So a lot of the data centers that we are opening at the moment, we have all your NFL cities um, in the U.S. that matter. And then, but the bulk of what we're opening this year, which 
should be probably one to two data centers a month on average wow. is going to be overseas. And these are markets like uh, Latin America. Um, uh, you know, we're opening our second location in Melbourne probably later this month, uh, India the following uh, month. So any high concentration of corporate and individual developers and MSPs that are growing is where we like to open up a spot uh, that's there. So I, so that's interesting. So if, if with a global footprint, I would imagine you're, you're also getting a lot of traction from multi, multinational MSPs, MSPs that have corporate customers in multiple different countries where data privacy, data security laws are a huge factor for their day-to-day life. I mean, that, that would seem much easier with a, with a platform such as, such as yours. Yeah, we have a, uh, for example, a Toronto data center, which with the advent of safe harbor laws and various things that can't come across the border, obviously that's hugely important to Canadian clients. Um, all of our European data centers are GDPR compliant. Um, so we'll sign a DPA with the end client certifying uh, that compliance. So for us, it's the it's the most incredible. It's usually the, the checklist items that, that first come in when they want to buy or partner. So, so. You know, a lot of MSPs are probably ask, asking themselves, okay, well, so, so what's, how do we work together? So, so you, I, I, it sounds like you have a couple of different options. One being they, they don't have to have hardware costs at all. Like they could just go right up to Vulture and say, hey, like these are my specs. This is what I, this is my current footprint and this is what I need. And, and, and they could get it from you. Uh, 100%. So, so like what usually ends up happening is that they have an idea of a reference architecture that they have been selling for a number of years. And since it's the same stuff that we're buying at scale, they can easily look at our subscription plans at the website and kind of identify the, the plan that they need. And then at that point, it's a matter of us, you know, kind of working out discount schedules and, you know, what inventory do we have in what location and that conversation. Um, or it could literally be someone who says to us, hey, I need you know, uh, 500 bare metal servers in our Frankfurt data center. Um, do you have them in Jersey, New Jersey to ship to us or do you have them there? So it's just, it just depends on kind of what the MSP has. Yeah. Need. And, and now are, are you allowing, you know, if an MSP has a legacy colo relationship, maybe they want to transfer it over to vultures. Is that something that's allowed under your model? Well, we don't. So what we do have is the ability to have virtual cross connects. Uh, these are uh, things like a Megaport, Packet Fabric that give you the ability to kind of have that kind of virtual private kind of direct connect to an environment. Now, what is fascinating is that we are in tier four and five facilities globally. So the, the same providers that they're ironically coloed in, we might already be there. So pretty quickly, we can figure out if there's a handshake in the same data center and the same network providers that we might have. Got it. Point. So, so yeah. basically, so I'm an MSP and I'm, I'm looking to build out for the first time or I'm looking to expand upon my existing hybrid private cloud type of uh, play, then, then you guys are going to be a good fit because it's, they don't have to worry about the procurement of the hardware. I, I'm assuming you, so talk to me a little bit about the, are you managing it or is it all on the MSPs to manage? What what type of you know underlying support do you guys provide? Well, the, the beauty of the, the entire cloud model has always been is that you know we're kind of a, the hypervisor layer down at that point, and anything that happens above that is the the how the the partner monetizes 
that world. So the majority of the 500 I mentioned earlier of our existing partners, those are MSPs that are doing, you know, first line support, break fixing, uh, strategic build out of resources uh, and new, new VMs and just basic management okay. type of thing. So that's 100%. The number one thing we'll never do is compete with our partners. So as long as, you know, we're just the infrastructure, we're managing up to make sure the lights are green. And then from there, they are doing the voodoo that they do for end clients. Ping power yeah. pipe, core stuff, let the MSPs do, do their magic. Yeah. And then we should never be like, uh, we hear a lot of various cases where sometimes that, you know, hey, I do something really well as, as a service. And then this new cloud provider ends up having that particular service they can sell directly to clients. We just want to be the best at Vulture infrastructure and then have the partner uh, do the rest for their clients. Um, what did I, I mean, so, I mean, with all the Gartner, you know, spending projections, which look, you know, phenomenal uh, in terms of cloud, um, you know, we've been on a tear for the last couple of years. MSPs are doing, you know, going like gangbusters, especially since the pandemic. Um, What's not to love about the the, the economic forecasts, uh, both for you guys and, and for the partners and their customers? Yeah, you know, and I think that there, for, for us, the, the golden goose or opportunity here is there's still so many partners that are on the sidelines who either maybe had a so-so experience with some of the other programs or simply just have said, hey, I'm just going to continue doing what I've always done for my clients. If we can kind of impact on them that there are options now that are profitable. So for us, that is kind of our, our growth opportunity uh, for the year uh, and excitement level. Like when we see somebody who kind of uh, comes into this world new and kind of gets it and is like, well, wait a minute here, I can really make a lot of profit here and not have, you know, I don't have to go see it every single day and drive out to the data center and I can just have an experience that's predictable. And so that's what, you know, uh, has us uh, excited for this year. Do, do I miss having that one use server in our office? No, I don't yeah. think so. It's been, <laughs> that thing was yeah. noisy. It was a pain. And, you know, I, yeah. I don't think anyone, well, I don't know, I can't say that, but um, you, you're clearly seeing growth potential amongst, I want to talk in closing a little bit about that. The, the partners, is, is it the partners or their customers where you're seeing them say, we, we just haven't had the relationship with, with a vulture before? What, and what is the distinction there, maybe, that you could articulate? Uh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, from the very first, you know, of course, in post pandemic, the very first Zoom call that we end up having with uh, these partners, they're kind of on guard, I think, uh, to, when they first get started, because they're kind of waiting for the gotchas and they're waiting for this and that. And when we simply say to them, like, hey, like, here's our discount schedule from day one, you're earning a, a really nice, highly profitable discount uh, on dollar one. And, you know, here's what do you have specs for us to that we can look at? We can kind of tell you, like, here's the plans that we have. And and they just they kind of walk away from that experience, understanding that that there's not a threat here and that, that we can just be another value added partner for their business. Um, so for, for us, we kind of love that process when we first engage. Uh, but, yeah, you can, you know, a lot of different ways. I have partners who approach me on um, in my team on LinkedIn. They fill out our partner form. Uh, they get referred by other kind of friends in the business. And uh, so there's many ways to kind of reach us. But um, we, we love even having conversations where it's just like you and I are having, but with partners to where we're not really trying to sell them initially on kind of like who we are and why we should partner. But it's like, yeah, yeah like here's what you're seeing. Here's what we're seeing. And it's a good mind share exchange. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, 
I mean, I, I think if, if the MSPs out there listening want to want to take a, a closer look at you guys, maybe talk to you, talk to some of your engineers and, and just get it, get a feel for what you're doing. Um, website, the best place to reach? Yeah, yeah. We have, we have a partner forum really quick. And then, you know, we're averaging, I think right now, about uh, eight to nine new 30-minute partner Zooms a week where uh, we'll, we literally just are, you know, talking about our story and we, we can share like walk a mile in your shoes, like what other partners have kind of solved uh, in this industry and, and can dispel pretty quickly kind of like here's where the profit making opportunity is and here's what we are and what we're not. And it's a lot of clarity. Yeah, I, I would imagine you if you haven't already, you're probably getting some really good maybe use case, uh, case, case studies on MSPs that are using your infrastructure model, you know, and, and cause I, I, what I know about MSPs is they love to see, uh, an existing yeah. trail, right? Someone else did this format before it works. That's a good place to follow. And, um, you gotta be seeing those things. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so we have, we have case studies and, um, use cases that we can share with them. Even there's a couple partners who are willing to be like, Hey, look, yeah. Hey Jim, I'm, I'm just like you. And here's where, you know, for years I was felt like I was kind of locked out of the, the, the greater profit making opportunity in this world, but I'm doing it. And, uh, here's how we did it. And here's the, here's our kind of, uh, I would call it easy button wins to get started yeah. to where you're not having to reinvent the wheel. It's been done before. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. All right. www vultr.com. Did I get it right? The bird. Yep. Vulture.com. Vulture.com. Uh, go yeah. check them out. Um, yeah, Shane, th- thanks for, uh, for dropping by the MSP zone, talking to us about, uh, what you guys are doing. It's, it's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, th- there's, there's more than enough work to, to be done. And just the growth rate that we are seeing of whatever is still hanging out there on premise that needs to go to the cloud like yesterday is going to keep everyone busy. So uh, kudos to, to you and your team and, and keep up the great work. Thanks Charles. And to everyone listening, we appreciate the time. Thank you. Absolutely. Go, go check them out. Uh, www.vultr.com, vulture.com. And, um, you know, tell them, tell me some saw us on, on MSP zone and, and Shane, I'm sure we'll take, very good care of you guys. And uh, yeah, Shane, come back anytime you want to. We'll we'll love to to hear how you guys are doing throughout the year and um, keep up the great work and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Charles. Thank you. Until next time, this is Charles Weaver with MSP Zone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you will get notified when future episodes are released. We will see you next time in the MSP Zone.